So Luke chapter 16, beginning at verse 19. There was a certain rich man which was clothed in purple and fine linen and fired sumptuously every day. And there was a certain beggar named Lazarus which was laid at the gate full of sores. And desiring to be fed with the crumbs which fell from the rich man's table, moreover the dogs came and licked his sores. And it came to pass that the beggar died and was carried by angels into Abraham's bosom. And the rich man died, also died, and was buried. And in hell he lift up his eyes, being in torments, and seeth Abraham afar off, and Lazarus in his bosom. And he cried, and said, Father Abraham, have mercy on me, and send Lazarus, that he may dip the tip of his finger in water, and cool my tongue, for I am tormented in this flame. But Abraham said, Son, remember that thou in thy lifetime receivest thy good things, and likewise Lazarus evil things. But now he is comforted, and thou art tormented. And beside all this, between us and you, there is a great gulf fixed, so that they which would pass from hence to you cannot, neither can they pass to us. That would come from thence. Then he said, I pray thee, therefore, Father, that thou wouldest send him to my father's house, for I have five brethren, that he may testify unto them, and they may also, lest they also come into this place of torment. And Abraham saith unto him, they have Moses and the prophets, let them hear them. And he said, Nay, Father, but Abraham, if one went to them from the dead, they will repent. And he said unto him, If they hear not Moses and the prophets, neither will they be persuaded, though one rose from the dead. And that's reading from verse 19 through the rest of the chapter. You pray for just a few minutes. I want to say exactly what the Lord would have me to say, and no more and no less. Anything I would say within myself would be wrong. And I certainly do appreciate the good preaching that we heard Wednesday night. I got a lot out of that, and I really appreciate Brother Johnny. And, but if I talk to you for just a few minutes, and this is not a Thanksgiving message in a manner of speaking, but in another way you could say it is, I want to preach to you about a real hell. Now, a lot of times people will use that word as a byword, and they'll say it when they get aggravated, or they'll say it whenever they get angry, or they'll say it just in conversation, or they may even tell someone to go there. Friend, I'm never going to tell you that, because I don't want you to go there. I wouldn't wish that on my worst enemy. It's an awful, awful place. I wouldn't, and I've had people that say things about me and things like that. I would never want them to ever catch the first glimpse of that awful place. It's a place of torment. It's a place that you can't escape. 
It's a place of darkness. So I read the scripture in your hearing about the rich man and Lazarus. You've read it yourself. You've heard it preached. You've, you've heard it taught. And so Lord help me for just a few minutes to say something to be a warning to somebody. A real help. It's not something that's just a byword. It's not something that you say when you get angry. There is a real place called hell, friend. And without the mercy and the grace of Lord Jesus Christ, you are going there. And there's nothing that I can do. There's nothing that your family can do to keep you from that place. The only person that you can put your trust in, the only name that you can call on that can deliver you from that place is Jesus. And you better trust Him today or you'll bust hell wide open. And so there was a certain rich man that was clothed in purple and fired sumptuously every day. He had what we'd call a good life. He never needed for anything. He never wanted for anything. Had everything a man could ever dream of. But he missed one thing. He missed the most important thing in life. And that was being saved by the grace of God. I don't know the conversations that this beggar Lazarus had with this man. I'm sure the man walked in and out of the gate every day. And maybe even looked at Lazarus. With, with condemnation in his heart and maybe even desired that he might not be there and yet every day here was this beggar named Lazarus just desired the crubs. I don't know if the rich man gave him anything to eat or if he disdained him and wished he wasn't there. But I'm here to tell you today, God places people in our lives for a purpose. And I'm telling you, if you're lost and undone, God has not, has not left luck to change for you to be here this morning. He's let you come into His house so that you could hear and know about this awful place called hell and give you the opportunity to escape it. Maybe, just conjecture on my part, Lazarus talked to the man. Maybe the man looked on Lazarus and I want you to notice something. One had a name and one didn't. We know who the beggar was. His name was Lazarus. But as far as the rich man goes, he may have had his names on plaques. He may have had his name on a building. He may have had his name on a stadium. But his name was not where it needed to be. His name was not written in the Lamb's book of life. I'd rather be a beggar. I'd rather be covered with swords. I'd rather be like Job and be covered with soil balls and laid down in the dusty road as to have all that the world holds and lose my soul. I'm here to tell you today, there is a real hell. And when you die lost and undone without Jesus, you will go there. Alright. Preacher, why would you preach on something that hateful on Thanksgiving Sunday? I'm thankful I don't have to go there. Alright. Day after day, Opportunity after opportunity. Did you realize, young person, how many times you've walked in and out of the gate? Did you realize that maybe 
And there were times in my life, my sister sitting right here, she probably had those same times in her life. Whenever I was a youngster, I wondered why I had to go. Why mom and daddy wanted me to go to church on a Sunday night. I could have stayed home. I could have watched this or that or the other on a TV. I wondered why I had to go. There is a reason, young person, it's to keep you out of hell. There is a reason it's to keep you close to the Lord. There is a reason it's to help you to be a soul winner so that not only you don't have to go to hell, but you can help your friends escape as well. All right. And you've walked in and out of the gate. Sunday after Sunday after Sunday, are you going to heed? Are you going to hear? Are you going to listen? Are you going to escape today? Today is the day of salvation. Behold, now is the appointed time. If you hear his voice today, harden not your heart. I remember the song, Bobby. They say, God never shall forget the day when all the burdens of my soul were rolled away. And I've heard your testimony. Uh, baby, as the rich man passed by Lazarus, he was singing amazing grace. How sweet the sound. Baby, as the rich man passed by Lazarus, he was singing it was on a Sunday. Somebody touched me. He may have been trying to tell him about the day that he met Jesus and he escaped that awful place. But let me tell you something. The Lord will not send you to that place. Jesus will not send you to hell. I'm here to tell you he's done everything he could possibly do to keep you out of that place. And if you go, you go over the mercy and the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ. You reject him and you turn him away and hell is the punishment for that eternally. Alright. Not popular but gospel. Alright. And in the process of time what happened to the rich man what happened to Lazarus is going to happen to me. And it's going to happen to you. And I don't know about you, but it seems like with what's going on in our world today, I know one right after another, right after another, it seems like a different person every week that I know that's gone home. And folks, we're losing some mighty fine people. And the Lord needs somebody to step up. We, we're losing some soldiers, some men and women that have stood for God for years and years and years and years. Where are we? We need to stand tall. We are the church of the living God. As I preached to you just the other day, a city that is set on a hill cannot be hid. Ye are the light. Shine, shine, shine. Because our sinners are in a world of darkness. And they need to see a glimmer. They need to see a light. They need to see a ray of hope. Oh, that we'd shine. Lazarus died, and notice the difference. The angels came 
and carried him away. I guess I might have told this. I don't know. And it's not just just particularly to my dad. I've heard testimony and witness of a lot of folks that have done this. Just right before my dad left, he looked up, he opened his eyes, and he looked up. And then just within a breath or two, he was gone. He didn't tell me what he heard. He didn't tell me what he saw. But I believe he knew where he's going. Amen. I believe he could feel him. Yeah. Lifted him. But now also, the rich man died as well, didn't he? What does the Bible say happened to him? No one was there to help him cross over. No one was there with any mercy. No one was there with any care or any love. It said the rich man died, was buried, and the next sentence we read is in hell. He lift up his eyes, beat in torment. Without Jesus, that's what's going to happen to you. Without salvation, that's what's going to happen to you. And friend, I'm begging you, don't let that be your fate. Don't let that be. Preacher, what can I do about it? Try Jesus. Call on his name. Beg him. As we sung this song this morning, I'm telling you, if you'll ask Jesus, he will save. What was the song gone? Thank you, Lord, for saving my soul. What a great statement to be able to make. I'm saved. I'm saved. I'm saved. Ain't it wonderful not to have to go to hell this morning? What kind of place is that preacher? Revelations calls it the bottomless pit. Matthew says that men were cast into outer darkness where there shall be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Have you ever been bitten? A lot of toddlers about the age of two or three, my wife used to do daycare and she'd have one. About once a year we'd go through that stage they go through a stage where they want to latch on to everything with their mouth. The kids would be playing and you'd hear the god awful scream you'd ever heard in your life. One of them had bit the other one. Now imagine, if you have problems sitting near someone this morning, don't go to hell. Because you'll be surrounded. I believe this. Well, I believe the Bible says... Hell hath enlarged its borders. It was never meant for you. Do you know that? It was never meant for humanity. Hell was never a place designed to hold man. It was designed to hold Satan and his angels. But because men refused the Lord Jesus Christ, men refused his act of sacrifice on Calvary, 
men rejected him and turned him away. They chose their own fate. If you go there, you go there willingly because you want to. It's not going to be an accident that you wind up in hell. It's because the church has pleaded and cried and begged God on your behalf. It's because the Lord came and knocked on your heart and you were troubled on the inside and conflicted and felt guilty and felt fear and yet you still rejected and turned away the darling lamb, the darling son of God. That's why you go there. It's because you turn Jesus away and just say, I don't want you. Oh, friend. You don't go to heaven accidentally either. Let me throw that in there for good measure. You go because you ask. Ask and you shall receive. Seek and you shall find. Knock and it shall be opened unto you. Let's go on. What kind of place is that? Let's compare. Would you like to? The angels came and carried Lazarus away and the rich man lift up his eyes in hell. Which do you prefer? Let's go on. I saw my dad and I, I get there at points you get a little dizzy or something like that and you lose your frame of reference and it feels like you might just fall and you reach and you grab for whatever you can get a hold of to steady yourself that's an uneasy feeling if you go to hell you're going to a bottomless pit a bottomless pit where you'll fall and fall and fall and fall in darkness bottom sounds like a place where you would have no control whatsoever and there's no mercy for you you're shoulder to shoulder crowd have you ever been in a big crowd you all know me I go down to the ball games every once in a while you get in that hundred thousand and sometimes there's a backup or something like that and you get just Side by side, shoulder to shoulder. And those people have no ill will towards you at all. Go to hell and find out, folks. They'll be weeping, gnashing of teeth, darkness. You want to compare? That bottomless pit? wonder where Lazarus will be. I believe he'll be on the streets of gold. I believe he's on a third foundation. Never to stagger, never to stumble. Oh, could you see Lazarus and have him dip his finger in water, just put one drop? Oh, just a little mercy, Lord. Just a little, would you send somebody? It's too late. There's a great gulf fixed. Your faith is fixed because you ignored mercy when you had the opportunity. Right now is the time to call on Jesus. Right now is the time to ask him to be your Savior because you're not promised another time in this building. You're not promised another day. You're not promised another heartbeat. You better call on Jesus now. All right.
cast into outer darkness. There'll be no light in that awful place called hell. You ever been in the complete dark? You may be in a place you're perfectly familiar with, but if you're not very careful, you'll run into something. You'll stub a toe. You'll fall in the darkness. But what about Lazarus in the place that he's going to? I believe it said Jesus himself would be the light of that city. What do you prefer, light or darkness? Men prefer darkness because their deeds are evil. That's what the Bible says. Oh, friend, a real hell. The place I'm telling you about this morning is not made up. It's not a story in a book. There are people that you know that are burning right now. There are people that have left this world lost and undone without God that you've known in your lifetime that are burning right now. There are people that you're acquainted with, maybe friends, maybe your family, maybe your neighbors, maybe people you work with that don't know Jesus. They're depending on you. Their salvation, well, preacher, the Bible says, let every man work out his own salvation with fear and much trembling. Yes, I believe that. But before a man can be saved, he has to be lost. And in order for him to realize he's lost, he has to see a radical difference between the saved, the righteous, and the wicked. He has to see that there's a difference, that there's something about you that makes you smile. He has to see that there's something about you that brings you peace in the midst of adversity. He has to see that there's something about you that when the storm is coming and the winds are blowing and the rains look like they're going to just rise up and choke you out, you have a peace that passeth all understanding. That is the difference, folks. When you know Jesus, you can stand the trials and the temptations of life because weeping may endure for a night, but joy cometh in the morning. A real hell. We don't like to think about it, do we? We've sang lots of songs this morning about being thankful. And when we sing those songs, we think about the food that we eat, the bed we lay down in, the natural things of this life. If I could really express to the Lord how thankful I am that He gave me salvation, I could rejoice. If I could really tell him, Keith, flesh gets in the way, don't it? But one day we'll be face to face with him, and we'll have all eternity. Let's not wait till we get there. Let's start right now. Let's just tell him how much we are thankful for our salvation. All right. A real hell. Just one drop of water for I'm tormented in this flame. Revelations 
said that the bottomless pit was open and the smoke of their torment rise up. Another place in the New Testament, it says for the smoke of their torment ascendeth up forever and ever and ever. You won't catch a break. You won't put in your eight hours and go back to your peaceful place. You'll be in torment for eternity. Oh, how awful. Locust Ridge Boys sings a song, Unprepared. It's in the songbook. Unprepared to meet thy God. Careless soul. Oh, heed the warning. That's what I'd like to say about today is the warning. Or your life shall soon be gone. Oh, how sad to face the judgment. Unprepared to meet thy God. Are you prepared? Have you made preparations? Do you remember the day Jesus saved your soul? I'm here to tell you today, you need to know beyond a shadow of a doubt that if your life was over in this instant, that heaven would be your home. Without that assurance, without that peace, I wouldn't want to take a chance on living another bit. A real hell. It's a place where men who reject God go. We say it's a place for the meanest and the vilest of men. I can read you where a thief went to heaven. I can read you where a publican that was despised sat down and ate a meal with Jesus. <coughs> you don't have to be a murderer to go to hell. You don't have to be a pedophile to go to hell. You don't have to be a thief or a robber to go to hell. You have to reject Jesus. And when you turn Jesus away, that's exactly where you're going. Well, preacher, you shouldn't cast judgment like that. I'm not judging you. I'm preaching to you the King James Version Bible, and it will be the judge. Well, preacher, when the Lord comes back, I'll tell him this, that, and the other. On the judgment day, read your Bible. I believe it says judgment begins at the house of God. When you've heard the gospel and it pricks your heart and you realize where you're at, you're standing in judgment right then. So how do you feel? Are you at peace? Are you worried? Are you troubled? Because, friend, salvation is between you and God. The church has been praying for you. I've been praying for you. And I'm here to tell you today, you need Jesus. I need him. And you do too. A real hell. I told you they'll be shoulder to shoulder and breast to breast in that real hell. What about Lazarus? I believe he'll be like the man that we read about over in the third chapter of Acts. I believe he'll go running and leaping and praising the Lord. You can't do that with your shoulder to shoulder, breast to breast, can you? He'll be running and leaping. Now where do you want to go? 
We don't have any trouble whatsoever believing in heaven, do we? Everybody says they're going to that good country, but are you? Do you know beyond a shadow of a doubt? Because if you don't, you need to make sure. A real hell. It's not a story. It's not made up. It's not made to scare you. But if you are scared, you don't have to live that way. I was. I was scared. So scared I didn't want to close my eyes and go to sleep. So I went to my mom and dad's bed and I said, would you pray with me? I'd like to be saved. And we got down beside of a half bed. Now listen, I've heard Bobby say this is the spot where he met Jesus. I've heard Becky say this is the spot where she met Jesus. I believe Keith's spot is right over there. I've heard John Hope talk about this is the spot where they met Jesus. It's a wonderful spot. I remember Lady dealing right along in here where she met Jesus. Not too long ago, Jaredale, right along in here where she met Jesus. And it's a wonderful spot. But my spot on a little half bed about about half there down the road is a wonderful spot too because that's the place where the guilt left me. That's the place where I've never had to worry about hell again. That's the place. I, Johnny, I look the same. I was a same little old boy. My hair was the same color. I still had the same pajamas on. But the sin was gone. You asked me why I'm happy. Well, I'll just tell you why. Because my sins are gone. I got saved as an eight-year-old boy. I don't have to go to that real, awful, burning, troublesome, tormented place called hell. What about you? Where are you going? What about you? If the Lord called you out right now, do you know? I preached not too long ago about the seal. Paul said, I am persuaded that he's able to keep that that I've committed unto him against that day. I like to do some home projects and things like that. And when I get done, and Tammy will say, well, that looks nice. And you know what I see? All the little mistakes that I made. All the little imperfections that I could have done better. But I've never found a fault with the salvation the Lord gave me. I'm fallible. I'm a sinner. This flesh is going back to the dust because of sin. But the salvation that's in my soul is going that way. It's sealed just as perfect as the day he gave it to me. Wow, because it's sealed. I can't, even an old silly boy like me can't mess it up. It's perfect. Aren't you glad for the Amen. gift? Oh, folks, life is short. My dad lived, I believe, to be 77. 
My uncle died this week. They buried him. Thursday, he was 82. I saw on the news one day this week somebody that was over 100. We say that's a long, long life. No, it's just a few heartbeats and a few breaths. As a matter of fact, we've got some folks here today that's in their 70s and in their 80s. And if you ask them, they can remember when they were just a little bitty boy or girl. Just seemed like yesterday. 70, 80, 100 years is nothing compared to eternity. Where are you going to be? Because your soul's going to go somewhere. It's either going to be in heaven because you chose Jesus and asked him to be your savior. Now listen, I want to preach this. And I appreciate your good attention this morning. The preacher, I went one time and I kneeled and I meant everything I said within me when I asked Jesus to save my soul. But it's been a long, long time since I've felt that good. My wife's right back here and we raised three boys. You know, two of them live out of state. One of them lives in Arizona. We've not seen him in about three months. The other one lives in North Dakota and we've not seen him in about three months. I've not seen a picture of them since that three months has gone by. They call, and I assume they're doing okay. But I don't know, because they're not physically in my presence. But you know what I do know? They're still my children. I still love them. Even though they're thousands of miles away. Mackenzie at one time was in Afghanistan for about three years, halfway around the world. But he still belonged to me. But I still loved him. Fred, if it's been a long time since you felt as good as you did the day you got saved, you don't have to stay that way. You still belong to him. He still loves you. And all you're doing is cheating yourself out of blessings. All you're doing is cheating yourself out of the opportunity to be a light. You're putting a bushel over the candle. You're keeping your light from shining. And who knows how many sinners you could help escape hell if you'd just get close to the Lord again and shine. You know, here we are. Chuck and Jennifer have one that's Young man's in his early 20s. We've raised three. Some of Johnny's got kids that, that's grown. Bobby's got, got a kid that's grown. And they go through a certain phase from about 17 until about 22, 23. You can't tell them that. They know more than you do. And they'll get out and do things and try things. And, but you know what they eventually realize? Where they're loved. They eventually realize who cares for them. 
Oh, preacher, that's not Bible. Why, yes, it is. You read about the prodigal son. Didn't he do the very same thing? Amen. Got down there in the hog slop, in the pig, in the pig's lot, in the mud, in the muck, in the mire, with nothing and nobody. And he remembered where he was loved, down at the Father's house. I'm going to tell you this. It don't matter how long it's been since you've been to Dust Bottoms. You're still loved. You're still cared for. It don't matter how long ago it was that you bowed and asked Jesus to save you. You can't lose it. You can't mess it up. It's still real. And all you've got to do, I preached to you not long ago about the about the oil lamps and how the globe got smoked up and you couldn't see the light. You just need a good cleaner. You just need to be cleaned up good. And if it's ever been important, it is right now. Because some sinner that you know is going to leave this world soon. Have you been a light? Let me tell you this and then I'll hush. A real hell. One of the biggest regrets of my life. I had a friend in school, and not long after we graduated, in, the, in those days we didn't have Facebook or Twitter or whatever you want to get on. There was no such thing as the internet, if you can believe that. When school was out, you didn't see your buddies until school got back in. Not long after I graduated, about a month after I graduated, about the end of June 1st of July, I had a boy that I went to high school with and I knew how he was raised. He was raised rough. He didn't go to church. His family didn't go. He called me and wanted to spend the day with me. And I went. We did three or four different things together. And what I didn't do was ask him if he'd been saved. What I didn't do was ask him if he knew who Jesus was, I let that day slip right through my fingers. And it wasn't but about a week or two later, he ran a car off a cliff in Kentucky and was killed instantly. I never did what I should have done. And I've regretted that every day for the rest of my life. They put his obituary in the paper they said he was of the Baptist faith. That's between him and the Lord. I know the words that came out of his mouth. I know the behavior he exhibited. But I'm not his judge. Friend, I'm here to tell you today, hell is real. I hope he didn't go there. But that's between him and God. Where the fire is not quenched, where the smoke of their torment ascendeth up forever and ever. I've not preached this yet, let me get it. Where their worm dieth not. You know where that scripture comes from? It says it's better if you lose a hand to go through life with one hand. Now listen to this. To go through life with one hand than it is to go to hell. Where their worm dieth not in the fire is not quenched. It goes on. It says it's better to go through life lame with just one foot. 
Now you know how hard it is to get around and walk with one foot. People often have to use crutches or resort to a wheelchair or whatever. It's difficult. But it'd be better to lose a foot than it would be to go to hell where their worm dieth not and the fire is not quenched. Then it talks about your eye. It says it'd be better to go through life with one eye, just one. Why, if I didn't have this one, I couldn't see if someone approached me from this side. I couldn't see if a car was coming my way that I needed to get out of the way of. Going through life with one eye. But the Bible says it'd be better to go through life with one eye than to go to hell where their worm dieth not and the fire is not quenched. You talk about an awful place where it would be better to go through life with just one hand or one foot or one eye that it would be to burn in hell for an eternity where their worm dieth not. Let me preach that to you, how I see that. I'm telling you, have you ever been, and I've done it here just this week, you could ask my wife, lay down at night and you just can't go to sleep. Things, thoughts go through your mind that you just can't let go of and you wish <coughs> that you could just close your eyes and drift off, but sleep won't come. Let me tell you what that scripture is refer referring to. I'm here to tell you today there are people in hell right now that the thoughts are, are worming through their mind about how many opportunities they wasted, about how many times the Lord came by and the condemnation set upon their heart and the Lord knocked and said, Come, come. The Spirit saith, Come. The bride saith, Come. And him that is a thirst, Come. And whosoever will come and drink of the water of life freely. Let me tell you something, friend. The Lord don't turn any away that has a broken heart and a contrite spirit that will save all that call on his name. <coughs> Where their worm dieth not. You know the worst part about hell? There's no Jesus. Without Jesus, there's no mercy. Without Jesus, there's no grace. Without Jesus, there's no love. You want to know about hell? It's full of regret. It's full of people that wish they were where you're sitting right now. It's full of people that if they had your seat at your church this morning, they wouldn't sit there long at all. They would make a run to the altar and beg the Lord to save them. Well, preacher, I don't like a bunch of noise and hoodoo and, and show and things like that. You better not go to hell because there are people screaming and crying. You talk about praying. There's a big prayer meeting going on right there. But their prayers can't be heard. Their prayers won't be answered because it's too late. Yeah, 70, 80, 100 years seems like a long lifetime. But they would give anything for just an hour to come sit where you're sitting and make their way to an altar and ask the Lord to save them. We sing the songs and we wave the flag and we say thank God for our freedom but we don't exercise it.
We're free. We're not bound by the chains of sin any longer. We're free. Chuck, I don't have to go to hell this morning. I'm so glad and so thankful for that. We're free. We can rejoice. We talk about North Korea where you can't get a Bible in, where people can't openly congregate and worship. And here we are free. Why aren't we shouting? Why aren't we singing? Why aren't we having tear-filled eyes and saying, Thank you, Lord, I don't have to go to that real hell. I'm not going there anymore. There was a group here not long ago, the Morrison Sisters, they sang a song that says, I'm not going to hell. I met the Savior. What a story I'll tell. How about you and your story? What is it today? Do you have hope beyond this life? Do you know that you've been saved? Have you asked Jesus to come in your heart? Because the only way you're going to heaven is through the blood of Jesus Christ. Preacher, you should have preached on our blessings. I did. When I mention the mercy of Jesus, that's one of my blessings. When I mention eternal salvation, that's one of my blessings. The children sang in their melody this morning, let's just praise the Lord. Are you going to? Are you going to? Are you going to thank him that you don't have to go to this real hell? Because no matter what life brings, we've got a lot of sickness here at Dutch Bobbins right now. John and Peggy's sick. Marty's sick. Bobby Parker's sick. And remember the Bradys, they're sick. Lloyd's going to have to have surgery after Thanksgiving. He's got a lot of fluid build up and problems with his liver. Several ones that are sick. A lot of folks, Miss Dorothy, and I wish she could be here with us. Different ones. Had a lot of things happen at Dutch Robbins here in the last six or eight months. But this life is just temporary. Eternity's forever. And where are you going to go? I'd advise you not to ignore the issue. I advise you not to pretend that everything's okay. I'm here to tell you today you need to fix things between you and the Lord. You need to know that if this is your last day, heaven is your home. And by no, let's not guess. Let's not make conjecture. Let's not throw it up into the wind. No. Paul said, for I know whom I am believed who I have believed. And I am persuaded that he's able to keep that that I've committed unto him against that day. Do you know? Friend, hell is real. Don't dismiss it as a byword. Don't dismiss it as a word that you say in anger. Just know that when that word comes out of your mouth, people are burning. Right then. 
Where are you going? Now, John has you do this often. He'll have you raise your hand if you know a sinner. And we do that, don't we? But when, do we put any action behind that hand? Do we cry and beg Jesus to save? Do we beg him for some little something we can do to help somebody escape hell? I've seen it firsthand. I've seen somebody just say just the right word sent by God that would cause somebody to run and come to the altar and ask Jesus to save them. I've even seen it be as simple as a handshake. Just a, just a, a saint raising a hand and a sinner take hold of that hand and come right out and go to the altar. Are we putting actions behind our hand? They used to say you need to put legs under your priors. We're not crippled. If the Lord gives you something to do, he gives you ability to do it too. Do you know that? Hell is real. Somebody, one of us knows, will go there this week. Amen? Maybe your sinner. Maybe mine. But somebody will go. You know what the book says? Hell hath enlarged its borders. Heaven's got a place for everybody, but hell has to keep building up. Because men, straight is the gate and narrow is the way that leadeth to life everlasting, and few be that go in thereat. But broad is the way that leadeth to destruction, and many be that go therein. Where are you going? And I'm talking to you. Whether you're five or whether you're 85, where are you going? Only you know. Only you know. Are you going to heaven? Or are you going to that real hell? Honey, it's just as real as the pew you're sitting on. It's just as real as this tie around my neck. It's just as real as the dollar that's in your pocket. It's just as real as the mom or dad or brother or sister that's sitting by your side. It's real. Don't go there. Ask Jesus to save you. Come on. Play us a song if you don't mind. Do you want to be careful?